Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Kyle Madsen, Shamari Block. Rocking at the end until 5 o'clock. Been talking a lot of Niners football today. It's almost football season, man. And I can't wait. I'm Sleepy Brown, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait. As much as I love the NBA, as much as I love my, my base Major League Baseball, like football is, that's my heart. That That is the thing. Like That is what we wait all year for. We sit and we look at the draft and we we we, we text and we tweet over free agency and, and like just training camp. Like one video of of Trey Lance throwing some spectacular throw in in training camp, which is gonna exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like by the end of next week, there's gonna be some video of Trey Lance doing some kind of, you know, in practice with with with, with just helmets and shoulder pads on, maybe, right? And 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 Sneakers, okay, and people gonna be like, "Oh my God, we're going to the Super Bowl, baby!" <laughs> That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. I look forward every year, partly because fall and winter are my two favorite seasons because I'm a weirdo. I was wasn't gonna use that word, but I was like, "Interesting." The heat's overrated, <laughs> so that's that's my take on that. Mm-hmm. But it's just that time of year where like there's nothing better than waking up on October. 19th or whatever it's cold outside you wake up at eight nine o'clock you make your coffee you sit down you turn on a mindless pregame show and you're there all day watching football and it's 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 the only sport where I'm so invested because of fantasy just because of of players I like and because we see these guys in college and you you start to root for players in college, then fall them into the NFL. It's the only it's the only sport where like I'm actively dialed. I will turn on a Hornets Bulls game. Mm-hmm. Just be like yeah, I'll watch this. <laughs> but in the NFL, it's like it's like Browns Jags, and I'm like I'm locked in. I'm locked in in a way that it's like oh okay Bulls Hornets is background noise, but <laughs> Browns Jags I can't like I can't it's I'm watching TV, yeah. right I'm dialed in so. I look forward every year to football season, but this year specifically, just with the 49ers, we've known the last couple of years that we're going to be good. And that's great, but this offseason is different. Like the Trey Lance thing is adds a layer of intrigue. What does Brandon Ayuk look like? What does Debo Samuel's contract situation? 
there's there are so many questions to answer between now and September 12th when they have their first game. I think I feel, it's I, honestly, I feel there's one question to answer. It's not Trey Lance, so we're gonna save that until later. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we're gonna save that one until later. But we we continue in the Lance talk right now. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to get into some of the misconceptions of Trey Lance, and I think that's kind of interesting because everything that we quote unquote know about him right now, even the things we know about him, mm-hmm. are are just. He was a question mark coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. High ceiling, low floor. We saw him play 10 quarters last year where it was some, hey, that's exciting, and some like, oof, that he's, he struggles in that area. But really we don't know because we don't know what the development looked like over the, over the course of the offseason. We don't, we don't know what his rapport is like with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk, how he's going to control the locker room, how he's going to handle the offense. So there's a bunch of of pretty sizable unknowns with Trey Lance. Somebody who does know Trey Lance, and you've been alluding to this all show, is Steve Young. Mm-hmm. He's working pretty closely with the Niners' young quarterback. He was on with the, uh, Damon Rado and Larry Kruger earlier this week, and this is the, the first thing we're going to talk about here is the way Trey Lance works, and I think that this is something that that is going to to wind up mattering, and we'll, we'll, we'll tell you why in a minute, but here's Steve Young on Trey Lance being a perfectionist. I really want to have Trey not feel like that everything has to be perfect because he has that tendency in him. And that's not a bad, again, that's part of the solution. Part of the reasons why the 49ers took him is because he has that processing power, that earnestness about the job. He wants to get to the, you know, wants to have all the data. He's not, uh, and that's just, and that's one of his talents. It's one of his God given talents. And so in that way, you don't want to take away from it. But I, I've seen it where when it's overdone and people don't know when to, when to stop and when, when uh, Mitch Trubisky had a little bit of this as well. And I don't want to see Trey trying to be perfect, trying to live up to the ghosts of the past or even the ghosts of the present, trying to do all that and live and, and, and trying to do it all at once. That's a fascinating insight. Mm-hmm. Is his the fact that his undoing might be that? Hey, on a third and six, if the running lane is there, just take off and get the first down. But he doesn't want to do that because he wants to run the offense properly, and he wants to wait for this throw to come open. And now he's going to try and force it in there because he wants to make sure he's doing what the play calls for. And I think part of what makes Trey Lance so in exciting as a prospect is off script. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to be willing to lean in to that off script stuff? That quote from Steve Young, while you like to hear that your quarterback is detail oriented and a perfectionist, it scares me a little bit. Really? See, here's we remember when last season, me and you, I don't know how many shows we did together. We were sitting there, please Kyle, please don't take Mac Jones, right? We, we did we did that for an entire summer, it seems. Well, not a summer, because, you know, drafts in April. We did it for an entire spring. And it's like, okay, well, well what? who was he going to take and why? And everybody said, oh, well, you know, he wants a guy that's going to stick to the script. He wants a guy to run his offense. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think that Kyle Shanahan wants his offense to be the thing and not the player, right? So RG3 a few weeks ago said effectively that that Kyle Shanahan picking Trey Lance was a departure from his control freak. And this is RG3's words. I've also used the same word to describe Kyle Shanahan, but RG3 mm-hmm. also used like the control freak aspect of, of what it is. 
And I think that's why I picked him. That's why I picked him, because he knew that Trey Lance was going to do precisely what he wants and, and run the offense as Kyle Shanahan envisions it, right? And I actually think that's a good thing, because let's sure. just be honest. Kyle Shanahan's offense is dope. Dudes run wide open every other play. Okay, but the one one of the plays that stands out from the Cardinals game in, in Trey Lance's first start was the interception he threw on the first drive mm-hmm. when he overthrew mm-hmm. Travis Benjamin down the field. Mm-hmm. And he was surrounded by three defenders where Lance stepped up into the pocket. You'll love to see that. But there was a running lane. You would like to see him use that skill set when it's available to him to just tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. Could he have drilled that throw in there? Like, for sure. And good keeping his eyes up, throwing the ball down the field. You want to see that. But also... End of the day, move the sticks. I don't care. I don't care how it happens. And I think that's something the 49ers have to drill into him, especially early on, because he's not going to know every read and every throw. And defense are going to throw some things at him where when he goes play action and turns around, the defense is going to look different than the picture he took before the snap. And they're going to do things that he's not ready for. And in those moments, especially early in his career, can he take those moments and turn them into positive plays where play action turns around, defense looks different than he thought, okay, break the pocket, scramble outside, try and break the play, either find a running lane or, or find a receiver who's broken off their route. Can he just do those things early on and not take a sack or throw an interception because he's trying so hard to do what Kyle Shanahan and the offense is designed to do. But that's where I think that the miscons I don't look, remember before the break, I said, oh, how many, how many yards do you think? You I said less than four. You said less than five. I, the reason I say less than four is for the simple fact that I don't think he's he's going to scramble. He's gonna scramble. Mm-hmm. When the plays breaks down, and we saw this a lot in the Cardinals game in particular, they called something like 16 design runs. It was a lot. That it was, was too many. That was insane. Um, outside of those design runs, when he broke the pocket, he looked downfield. Mm-hmm. And that he's going to succeed doing that. It's not going to be – Trey Lance is not going to be Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to be even Kyler Murray, who, who Kyler Murray does a good job of looking downfield when he gets out of the pocket. So Kyler Murray last year in 14 games, because remember he missed he missed the three games. Mm-hmm. And, and got, by, the, by the way, two and one without him with Colt McCoy starting. Pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. So he's at 30.2 yards per game. That's 513 over 17 games. Mm-hmm. You said less than 20 yards a game? I'm thinking, le- on average, yeah, less than 20 yards a game. Pat, so here's a here's a good, this is a good, I think, benchmark. I'm saying less than 400 total, which is, I think that's something like 24 yards a game. So Patrick Mahomes, 381 rushing yards last year, mm-hmm. 22.4 a game. Yeah. I think he can be a more dynamic runner than Patrick Mahomes. Yes. So maybe I go a tick over that 400. But the way Mahomes runs and how he does so effectively, that's what I want to see from Trey Lance. Is maybe not so much designed runs. And they're going to use that. They're going to use it. They're going to use that in the my, in the pistol God. in the zone I, read. Oh, I do not want to see a single design. Okay, run. well, hey, it's I know it's going to happen, yeah. but I'm not I'm I'm not going to like it, Kyle. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> Throw stuff at the TV every time it happens. Exactly. No, but I think it's going to be there for sure, but I think you're going to see, you know, there's going to be games where hey, he broke one for 40 yards because the play broke down, and he got some good downfield blocking and and mm-hmm. turned it into a big play. Yeah. But I think I think a lot of it is going to be third and 5, he rolls out, nothing's there, hey, he scrambles for 6. The way Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just going to be he's faster than Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be a little more dynamic in that way, but 
Yeah, I I think that if if you're somebody who's ready for Trey Lance to be Lamar Jackson, yeah, from, be for, as a runner, you're going to be disappointed. Absolutely. And I, and I think we saw from from at least what I saw last year was the reason you say you don't want to see a single designed run. Trey Lance in college was running through linebackers, safeties, defensive linemen. In the NFL, he wasn't running through Justin Reed. Yeah. Like, he got smoked a couple times against the Texans. And it's like, man, A, you can't take hits like that. Mm-hmm. You can't ask Cam Newton what happens when you spend a career taking hits like that. Ask Jimmy Garoppolo. Man. Because, hey, let me just say this about Jimmy G, and we'll get back on track. I think getting hit, hurting his shoulder against the Chiefs derailed his career. He was never the same dude when he came back from that. But that's either here or there. Because, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be His ACL a, injury? Huh? His knee injury? I'm sorry, yeah, 2018? yeah, yeah. 2018? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, I said, I said shoulder. Yeah, the ACL, he was never the same after that, yeah. Yeah, when you watch, it's crazy. Watching him 2017, 2018, those mm-hmm. first couple of games, Yeah, he's moving around, he's running. It's he, Yeah, I'm I'm with you. He looks like a substantially different quarterback well, post-knee injury. I don't think a lot enough people understand is that throwing mechanics have way more to do with your feet than your arms. So you injure your ACL, it doesn't heal, it's not quite the same. You lose accuracy. You lose some drive on the football. Yeah, and it just it, it looked like his willingness to take off, to get out of the pocket when it was clearly collapsing, to go yeah. be dynamic and make plays. It just kind of went away. Yeah. And he just tried to stand in the pocket and rip throws with pressure bearing on him. He was – there are n- – not every quarterback is willing to stand in and take a hit the way Jimmy Garoppolo is. Mm-hmm. And that worked to his benefit sometimes. And like that interception he threw in the Super Bowl where he just floated it to the sideline and got intercepted – it works to his detriment. But, but but misconception number one, Trey Lance, I think is that he's going to be a runner. Like, like I said, I, I you say less than five, which is less than 30 yards a game. I'm saying somewhere less than four, which is somewhere about 23 or 24 yards a game. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that, that, that one of us, it's going to be somewhere in there, man. You're not going to see him rush for eight, nine, Lamar Jackson or uh, Jalen Hurts. Who Jalen Hurts, I think he rushed for 1,000 or something like that. No, right? 784, and but he was 52.3 a game, 10 touchdowns. Yeah. That's the number that's going to be key for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. It's those rushing touchdown numbers. Mm-hmm. When they get inside the 10, inside the 5, can they can that can in that area of the field can he impact games on the ground? Where we saw him do it against the Packers in that in that in that home game this year where he just takes a snap, runs behind Trent Williams and scores. Can they use those those looks in the preseason against the Raiders? They ran this play where he's under center. I forget the running back is behind him, maybe Trey Sermon. They had Debo go or whoever it was, go across the formation in motion where Lance takes a snap, he fakes that handoff, fakes the other one, and then runs it. Like, there's all sorts of ways that you can use his legs that aren't, like, designed reads or designed runs from the 50. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what – can he get into that six, seven, eight rushing touchdown range where they just get more dynamic? I'm using that word a lot, but – they just get more it's dynamic. A dynamic word, man. They just get more <laughs> dynamic in the red zone. Like I think that is gonna is 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 really the area that his legs are gonna are gonna help the offense. I think Jimmy rushed for three touchdowns last season, so I, I would imagine he gets double that. He gets he gets at least double that. Yeah, yeah. Can he be? Not even joking. Jimmy Garoppolo, really good quarterback sneaker. Yeah, very good at that. Can Trey yeah. Lance also be good at that? Larry's in San Francisco. Wants to jump on. You're on with Kyle and Shamari. Larry, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm just picking up uh, a guy named Jeff doing Uber, talking to you guys. Oh yeah. So um, I, I, I just got one thing to say about uh, about Trey Lance. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, Trey Lance, you know, I, I see, I, I could see him being Steve Young, and I could see him being CJ Beathard, all in the same guy. You know, <laughs> last year, I, I, I watched this cat man. I watched this cat. He couldn't convert a third down to save his life. Everybody talks about this great play he did against Houston Texans. He had a five-minute stretch where he was adequate. He wasn't great. He was adequate against another rookie quarterback on another on a team that on a team that didn't have anybody. So when when I look at this, there's moments when I see Steve Young, and there's moments when I see C.J. Beathard. It doesn't matter what's going on. He's not going to get the third down. He's not going to get the fourth down. But then, but then it turns around and he does something magical, like you know. So I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, you know. But all this, he's better than Jimmy. You guys need to just really think about that, you know. Literally said he's not going to be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo this year, Larry. What's Thanks, Larry. Well, but also, a, he's not. He's not from a as a straight up quarterback. He's not going to be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, see, but one. see, this is my thing. There, there's good, and then there is effectiveness. Okay. Yes, I right. I think he right. can be just as effective. Uh, so you said Jimmy Garoppolo last season had a uh, interception percentage of two point seven. Yes. Now, listen, this is less than 100 throws, okay? But check this out. Uh, Trey Lance, uh, what is it? 2.8 interception percentage, 7% seven, seven touch, touchdown percentage, though, eight, eight and a half, uh, 8.6 yards per attempt. I think Jimmy G was like something like 8.7, 2.7, and 5. So, but now the difference is Jimmy G completed almost 70%, and Trey Lance fell short of 60, right? But if you look at the... And these aren't advanced stats, but these are stats beyond yards and completion mm-hmm. percentages, right? You look at the semi-advanced stats, because there are some advanced stats out there that I look at that I wouldn't even know how to begin to explain to somebody sure. in a four-hour show. But but if you look at all those metrics, he got essentially the same results as Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, he he went one and one, so he didn't win 70% of his games like Jimmy did. Mm-hmm. But the overall productivity of in the offense was was almost identical. And again, so so is he? Will he be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't know. I certainly see him being as effective, and because of the potential for not running like Lamar Jackson, but scrambling like Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. I could see him being more effective in critical moments in games like that last drive against the Rams. Now, now listen, maybe Aaron Donald eats anybody alive in that situation, sure. But you can't help but feel that Trey Lance has a little bit of a better chance to get away and do something. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a that's a great example of that last play of the NFC Championship game, where Jimmy just couldn't. But that again, you said that's Aaron Donald. He is an all-world, maybe the best defender ever. Uh, looking at Steve Young, because Larry said sometimes Trey Lance looks like Steve Young, sometimes he looks like a like bad. Steve and that's why, yeah, and that's I mean that's kind of, that's why look that's why he didn't start Week One last year mm-hmm. because too often he was going to look like C.J. Beathard. The 49ers hope is that a year to marinate. You get a full offseason. He's been in the building as much as humanly possible this offseason. He's been working with Brandon Ayuk. He's been working with Adam Dado down in uh, down in, in in Southern California, trying to get where he needs to be, where he does look more like Steve Young than he does like C.J. Beathard. Steve Young, by the way, I was looking at his rushing stats because you brought that up and that 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 jumped out to me. His career high rushing yards, 537. That was back in 1992. In 94, when they won the Super Bowl, 293 was seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of what Trey Lance's numbers look like. 58 rushes, 293, and seven touchdowns. Absolutely. The Niners would take that. Absolutely, especially if it means to winning. 
And again, like I know, listen, everybody says, oh, he played against a par competition and this mm-hmm. and that. And the third, if you throw one interception in 16 college games, I, I don't care if you were playing, you know, uh, Division 17, okay? You threw one interception, you mm-hmm. know a thing or two, or at least your brain is wired to not take risks, and you are good at risk assessment, which is more important than even even being able to read the play, right? Like, because mm-hmm. if you have a sense of okay, if I throw it there, it's gonna picked off. You you automatically have a sense of where to throw the ball to. That's one of the that's another misconception with Trey Lance mm-hmm. is this idea that was the competition at the FCS inferior for sure. But what North Dakota State asks of their quarterbacks from a from a processing standpoint at the line from a turning their back to the defense on play action looks and then turning around, resetting their eyes and making throws like they asked them to do a lot of high level stuff that even quarterbacks in the, in the FBS, you know, in the yeah. SEC oh, yeah. in the big 10 and the PAC 12 aren't doing as much of. And that's, I think what was so enticing to Kyle Shanahan was, Hey, this, this uh, learning curve from a processing perspective is not going to be as wide as it is for Justin Fields, for Mac Jones, or for any of the other quarterbacks that were available when the Niners picked at three. And Steve Young actually talked about this. We talked about it. He was on uh, with Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger. Um, he was on, and he talks about how Trey Lance is, well, he said earlier this offseason, the quarterback needs to do two things. One process, to deliver. Mm-hmm. And he talked about with Damon and Larry, uh, just where Trey Lance is as a processor. Just where Trey Lance is as a processor. As a Trey every 30 throws because it's just not that much to go on. The person and the person processor on the field. Two things you got to do in the NFL generally in, in truth for foot quarterback in general. Process and deliver the ball. And there's a lot to each one of those. I get that. But processing Trey is check the box in my mind already, even as a rookie and even as a second player. Delivering the ball, and I said this a month or two ago, it's not a supreme quality today. And I believe that it can become such, but it's, I think that's a work in process. So, like, Jimmy is an A-plus deliverer of the football. He might not deliver the right place, right time, but as far as delivering it, you know, that's where the processing thing comes in. But getting the processing done, finding the right guy, and then delivering it, that's where Trey, uh, you know, needs to prove to all of us that he's a elite deliverer of the football. And I think that you would rather hear that than the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, that he's going to get it where it's going. It's just a matter of whether he's throwing it to the right place. And I think that that's something he can work on. And when a person like Steve Young says that, it's hard not to be excited about what, what Lance is going to look like in week one. But in week one, it's going to look a lot different than it does in week 17 or week 18. Because I think you're going to see, fingers crossed, you're going to see some improvement over the course of his, you know, 15, 16, 17 starts. And that's the beauty of what Steve Young just said. And again, misconceptions about Trey Lance. He's inexperienced. He doesn't know how to run a pro offense. Uh, And and let me just also say this. And and Joe Montana, about mm, maybe two or three months ago, out the side of his mouth, like on a random podcast, said, oh, I would have taken Mac Jones, okay? And he said, oh, you know, he's more 
uh, was cerebral and all the words, right, that, that people tend to say about guys like Mac Jones versus things people don't say about quarterbacks like Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is that Steve Young, who, I mean, I don't know how much time Joe Montana spent watching uh, practice, but I don't think it was much. Steve Young, A, said, yeah, I've been there. B, I sat down, I talked to Trey. C, I watched Trey, okay? And his processing ability is top-notch. Misconception. So, so the idea that 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 the things that and again, what this looks like when we get on a field in two months, who knows? Right. Who knows? But the thing, it's like you said, that is the most promising thing I've heard. Like I saw the videos of Trey Lance, you know, rolling left and throwing right, sort of like mm-hmm. in a Mahomesian fashion. Right. Sure. That's okay. That this is the thing that right. makes me excited about him starting for the Niners this season. Yeah. Doing like uh, real quick. Let's say. Doing cool throws in practice, mm-hmm. I don't I could not care less, bro. I do love watching those videos. Though. I've watched <laughs> I've watched I've watched enough NBA pregames to see really bad players. Bad in the scope of the NBA. Yeah, yeah. To do end of bench <laughs> players do like incredible things in warm-ups. Mm. And then that doesn't necessarily translate to games. So that the physical tools we know. Can he get and translate those physical tools into success in the NFL? Maybe. Well, and, and, and one thing, <laughs> it's it's as much it's as much of a possibility as as that it isn't. Go ahead. When Steve Young, when he referenced Jimmy Garoppolo as an as a A plus deliverer of the football, mm. and then he said, you know, I don't know if he's going to get it to where the right places, and he kind of laughed a little bit, right? That is the other aspect of this. Is while I'm not saying Trey Lance isn't going to throw. 10 picks in the first four games, okay? Mm -hmm. But if he throws 10 picks in the first four games, he's going to throw less than 10 in the next four and then less than that in the next four, and he's going to learn. He's not going to – I don't imagine him, and Steve Young is kind of confirming this, as a dude that's going to make the same mistake over and over again. Yeah, you definitely hope not. That would be kind of a disaster for the 49ers if he's throwing 10 interceptions in the first four games. They definitely don't want that. On the other side, we we said we were going to tell you the Kendra Andrews report on what the Nets wanted – from the Warriors in a trade. We will talk about that. We will also continue talking about 49ers training camp, which ramps up on Tuesday. We'll dive in. There's some. We've been talking a lot about Trey, but there's plenty of other stuff we need to get to if the 49ers are going to get back to the NFC title game this year. We'll get into that as well. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's Shamari Block. We're on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Comrades and Jamari Block rocking with you until 5 o'clock. I have funds are falling off. It's all good. <laughs> Talking that, 49ers a lot today because training camp's coming up. It's almost that time of year. It is. And I can't and wait. It, it, the Niners are fascinating. And there's really, I, there's definitely more than I'd rather talk about because, you know, the NBA is in its dead season. That, that That's going to pop back up in a moment. And Major League Baseball. Unless you're a Yankees fan or a Dodgers fan, it's kind of like, eh, okay, all right. Everyone else's team is, eh. I feel that's the way everybody else feels. And you have to. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, if you're a A's fans, you feel like, but, but everybody else is either, is either, meh, pretty much. It's a weird. It's the weird time of of year for baseball for sure. But you mentioned the NBA, and Kendra Andrews is on the Zach Lowe podcast, and she said that the Nets basically asked for everything. It was Wiggins, Pool, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, and picks, and picks, and picks. That's and what the Warriors and the Warriors said. Said no thanks. But Zach Lowe then added on and said um, that he had intel that, or intel, quote, the Nets are not super high on Wiggins or Poole as sort of centerpiece players. Then you get to the other guys who are relatively unproven in the NBA. So I don't know if there ever really was a deal there that the Nets would have done. Obviously, you have to explore it if you're the Warriors. So I'm guessing the Warriors said no, but... If the if they were going to swing this trade with the Nets, I think it would probably I don't think they're going to. I think the deal's done. I don't think the Warriors have any interest in continuing to pursue it. A, because I think they want to hang on to their young players, but B, it sounds like based on what Zach Lowe is saying, they would have to include like Clay Thompson or Steph Curry, and we know that that's not happening. So it's done. I don't want to relitigate the whole should they or should they not with KD. Mm-hmm. They're not going to. But I do think it's interesting that after what we saw from Andrew Wiggins in this in this postseason, that there's a little bit of that, and I wondered if there would be, there's a little bit of that like, hey, he's not as valuable to to us if if you're if you're OKC next offseason. Andrew Wiggins hasn't signed an extension with the Warriors. Are you signing Andrew Wiggins to a max if you're OKC? Are you looking and going, hey, he's really effective for Golden State. He wouldn't be as effective for us. Jordan Poole, really effective with Golden State. Not as effective for us. And it sounds like the Nets think that way. And the reason that's interesting is because if you're the Warriors now and you're negotiating long-term contracts with these guys, maybe that number's coming down a little bit because what they're going to get on the open market is maybe not what they're hoping for. Andrew Wiggins isn't as valuable to anybody else as he is to the war. 
it, those are those are just facts. We, we we've saw what he's done. We saw him in Minnesota. We saw him as the man. He was rookie of the year, and he actually his in his career in Minnesota actually averaged either a tick under or right a tick over twenty points a game. Mm-hmm. Like those are his career scoring numbers. Okay, which is that's nothing to sneeze at. But he doesn't win for you, and. Yeah, he's a way more effective player now. Yeah, well, well what was it I'm saying? 19.7. So, yeah, so, I mean, but you, you, anybody would take a 20-point-a-game score on their team, right? Mm-hmm. That defends. The thing is, is that, A, we've seen Spates. We've seen uh, Ian Clark get paid. We we saw uh, uh, oh, a bunch of guys get paid as well, you know, because what they did is Warriors. Mm-hmm. And go somewhere and do nothing. It's kind of like the Harrison Barnes, HB man. It's kind of like the Penn State running back effect or the Florida quarterback effect. Okay, it's like he looks good there, or, or honestly, the Ohio State quarterback effect too. Mm. Currently, right? Mm-hmm. Like I kind of feel like the Warriors have that sort of thing going on, and I think the best example of that is Kevon Looney. Yeah, not getting offered more than nine million. Mm-hmm. Now I still don't understand why GP two got offered nine million. Um, but his skill set as a lockdown defender is more, okay, we can definitely use that. Like, you don't know what Andrew Wiggins looks like outside of the scope of the Warriors' offense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating because what he was in the playoffs is not the player that he's been throughout his career. He was rebounding more effectively. He was a tenacious defender for 48 minutes, night in and night out. And for the full 90 feet a few yes. times. Yes, yeah. he was incredible. He was their second best player. Absolutely. He was, a, he was When they traded for him in 2019-2020, mm-hmm. there was nobody in the league except maybe Bob Myers and Joe Legum that went, this guy could, this guy can be the second best player on a title team. Like that's, that's, that's nuts when you consider where the discourse was around Andrew Wiggins, even just earlier this year. Like, yeah, he was an all-star, but still he'd have those stretches where he'd disappear and then he'd go, you know, he'd have his 15 points on his 6 of 14 or 6 of 15. He's just kind of, he was just there. Like, did Andrew Wiggins even play tonight? So I think there's part of that, but I also think that he might have turned a corner in the playoffs where he realized he went from averaging, he averaged 4.4 boards per game for his career and in the playoffs, that number jumped to seven and a half. Um, he didn't shoot it great in the postseason. Uh, 46-9 from the floor, four, uh, 33% from three. Um, he was 39% three-point shooter in the regular season, though, on five and a half attempts a game. Mm-hmm. Like, he was excellent. And I, I think if he combines, if he shoots it like that, he's scoring 17 points, but now instead of 17 and four, he's giving you 17 and seven a night. That's and his efficiency is going to go up because he gets those easy putbacks after offensive boards. Like, I think there's a version of Andrew Wiggins coming that is going to be like a player that would be effective with other teams. So if he repeats what he did last season, All Star season, you 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 laid out the numbers: thirty nine percent from three, almost fifty percent from the field. If he read just just not even if he steps it up, if he redoes that. Mm-hmm. Does he does he get the max? Is he a max player? Because I don't think so. No, I, I no, don't so. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. If you're the Warriors, that's what's helpful. Knowing that the Nets went, yeah, we can't. We're not centering a Kevin Durant deal around Andrew Wiggins. And obviously, Kevin Durant is a is a higher echelon player. But if they know they're getting back an All Star caliber player, yeah, they might be into that. 
Let me, let me just but say. they they obviously don't think that he can do what he did in the playoffs for 82 games. <sighs> and if you're the Warriors, you use it. Like, I hope Andrew Wiggins gets paid whatever is is due for him. But if you're the Warriors from a business perspective, you're looking at that and going, hey, we're not offering him the max because he's not going to get it on the open market. I think Wiggins has already made his money. He's already made his money, so I, I don't... He's only 26. Yeah, but he's, he's already gotten that big $33 million. He's already made $100 million in, in the NBA. I think, and this, this is just speculative. So, okay. So, the day after the finals, you see the headlines, Andrew Wiggins would love to play with the Warriors the rest of his career or whatever, right? You see that? And that's what everybody says. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you of say, course. right? With Andrew Wiggins, I believe that. I believe that. And while I don't think he's going to play for the vet men, I think that <laughs> he's going to play. I could see him playing, staying with the dubs, to re- re- remain on a contender, remain with the with the team that embraced him and lifted him up. I could see him taking as low as 25-20. I know that sounds nuts. I know that sounds nuts. but a, It does. Listen, A. That sounds insane. A. He's he's getting paid thirty three right now, right? The max is higher than that. He's not. I don't think he's worth thirty three. Too many teams in this league. I, I just don't think that happens. Um, B, B. I think the going rate for a guy like Andrew Wiggins that is a largely a question mark outside of Golden State. I kind of feel like twenty five to twenty eight. I think that's what the going rate is anyway. So I could see him. Taking twenty five and as low as twenty, and, and and you know he's Canadian, man. Those people are super polite, and nice. He's not taking twenty. Oh. I promise. But could you see he's him gonna... taking? Could you see him get taking twenty five? No, no. Because I think there's, I think another team would pay him more than that. He's making thirty three. I think though. he's going to think someone think... pays him that. Yes, I think he's going to. Well, I think the Warriors pay him that or in that range, thirty to thirty five. Okay. I, I get he's why not you taking, say that. He's just not. He's not going to take twenty mil a year. Well, but like you listen, he was included in a deal, not just him with Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they, and, and and they also wanted James. Like, like seriously, the 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 Nets kind of viewed him as well. We need to make the contracts work. They didn't view him as a viable guy to right to, right now. Yeah. What if he comes out next season and goes 18 and 8 and shoots 39% from 3 and is a first team all defensive player? But that's Now he's getting paid paid. True, because we we saw what being a top defender did, GP2. Again, that's why mm-hmm. GP2 got what he got. I just don't know. I I don't know that on a team that's this loaded, Klay Thompson's taking more shots next year, I guarantee it, okay? DiVincenzo is going to initiate more offense and, and and score more points also than what we saw out of GP2 last season. You got to think that Moody and Kaminga in the mix are going to take more shots. I don't see his scoring numbers going up. I don't see them going down either. I don't see them going up. His efficiency might. I don't see him taking more shots. He's, I see him taking less shots. He's at 17 a game this year on 14 shots a game. Yeah. And I, and I see him at about that same number of shots. Maybe maybe even 10 or 12 because there's less balls to go around because Jordan Poole also is going to get a lot of offense. So I, I so I don't think his numbers are going to increase significantly enough 
for someone to be like, all right, well, this guy's worth more than what he's been getting. Because I it's, feel like it's not about, but it's not about the numbers going up. But but people still feel like he's overpaid right now. That's the sure, thing. Sure, sure, okay, and that's and that I agree. Mm-hmm. And if he was a free agent right now, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, maybe you know, maybe he'll be forced to take less. Mm-hmm. But if he puts together another year like this one. And another year like the postseason he had, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this is the player he is now. In the postseason, he averaged, let's see, where were we at? He's at 16.5 points on 14 shots, 7.5 boards. Um, if he if he is in that range while also you know shooting efficiently or more efficiently, I think there would be a team out there that goes, wow, he turned a corner in Golden State. He is a different player now. This isn't a, hey, he's valuable to Golden State. This is a super athletic six foot seven, three and D wing who is also going to go get you 17, 18 points a night, sometimes get you 30 plus. Okay, but like ter- that, there's not a lot of guys in the league doing that. But in terms of, okay, Steph Curry, 60 million or something like that. Bradley Bill, 50 million. Duh, okay, so you got, you got those guys, okay? The, outside of those top guys, Kevin Durant comes to mind, James Harden opted out. Outside of those guys that get the 50, 60 million. When you start getting into 35, 30, that is typically a guy that's the second or third best player on a contending team. Tobias Harris making 36. Chris Middleton's making 35 and a half. That, Chris Middleton is the second best player on a contending team. Yeah. Um, CJ McCollum making 33. DeAndre Ayton just signed for 33. De'Aaron Fox, 32-6. So I think in that in that thirty million range because net okay let's go to thirty. But I I think that a lot of people would say Kevin Love that a lot Gordon of those, Hayward. Well, now you just have you know old washed up. A lot of guys would say he's not in the category of a lot of those guys you just said in that thirty three range, man. I, D'Angelo I, I, Russell, twenty nine point three. Well, that that contract was so he could get traded. <laughs> he I mean he should thank the Warriors for that, right? He just he should he should trade. kiss. Joe Lacob's feet. Kyle every Lowry day. last year signed for three and eighty-five. That's twenty-eight point three a year. Part of that's due to his age, but also, I, I mean, how effective is he really? I mean, when he was the second best player with DeRozan, yeah, they year in and year out they threw like the top three record in the in the East. But then what they do in the playoffs? Really, really, I'm telling you, a guy like is and Andrew Wiggins was absolutely the second best player for the Dubs. In the playoffs, okay, uh-huh. I, I I felt that Curry only edged him out for MVP of the finals by a relatively small margin. No, he didn't. Wait, no, and the fact that he's Steph Curry, I'm just saying because he, Steph he, was by far their best player. By far, yes, yes. I mean, yes. yes, it was obvious he was the best player. Yes, but by like a lot. But part of it, well, no, no, <laughs> part of it was I'm Steph Curry. But but anyways, here's here's the point though. Here's the thing. Andrew Wiggins, ideally, based on who he is, is your third best guy. And there's not that many third best guys getting that 35. Man, that that third best guy is a 25 to $28 million guy. He is. He just is. And that, that's if you are a contender and you're on a really good team, okay? Because on some teams, that third best guy is, you know, might be $20 million. So I think if he gets – yeah, okay. 
if he is just if he comes out this year in the regular season mm-hmm. and is just let's say he doesn't sign his extension no, yeah, this offseason. Yeah, no, if he's better, significantly better than yeah, but I think sure. what we've seen the last two seasons. Okay. All right, that's a, fair. It, it, he, he's taking a haircut, man. He Harrison is. Barnes makes twenty one two. Um Jeremy Grant's at twenty. Lonzo Ball's at twenty. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's in that 25, 30 range. Um, I think I so. Know. Jordan Poole was, I think the max for Jordan Poole coming off his rookie deal is somewhere in the 30s. But initially, at the end of the playoffs, he was. They were saying something like, he, "Well, I'm sorry." At the end of the season, they were wanted to extend him for 20 million a season. Jordan Poole can put up his own shot and get his own shot anywhere on the court, anytime he wants to. Andrew Wiggins cannot. Now, is he a better defender? Yes. Is he bigger? Yes. Is he better rebounding? Yeah. But he can't initiate offense also. And that's the other thing that that I think will keep him out of that range is that he's not a shot creator. Mm-hmm. And He's not consistently. Yeah. Most guys that get paid that 40 in that 40 range, even that 30 range, are shot creators. And, and, it, and it's not a matter of being a forward, okay? Because there are forwards that can – create shots for others. He's, he's, he's not a shot creator, and he's not that great. Now, if he – here's what I would say. If he kicks that assist total up a, a couple of ticks to like three or something like that, three or four a game, then then I could see him getting that third. He's not going to do that. Of course he's not. That's not <laughs> who he is, yeah. But that's for that, sure not happening. That, that would be the thing that I would see him able to do. But I think – Everybody was worried about keeping Wiggins, and everyone's worried about keeping Jordan Poole. And, yeah, there's an element of it that, okay, well, is Joe Lacob going to go on the luxury tax? Who knows? I don't think either of those dudes are going to get what everybody – and, listen, I, I thought Looney, first things first, the first time Looney was a free agent, I'm thinking, oh, he's getting at least 10. Mm-hmm. He got he came back for five because that was the best he right. could get. I'm thinking he's getting at least 15. He's mm-hmm. coming back. And it's nine, man. And I think part of that is the dubs effect. And just, you know, Roger Craig isn't in the Hall of Fame because he played with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and John Taylor and you name it, right? And sometimes when you're that other guy that's not Steph Curry, like everybody looks at it. And even though Steph Curry never gets the credit for being on the level of a LeBron or of a KD, right? Like inside people's minds, it's like, yeah, but he's playing with Steph Curry. I want to talk about Jordan Poole real quick. Oh, yeah. The max extension for Jordan Poole is five and one ninety. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything he could do, realistically, that would make me comfortable giving him that five one ninety max. And so that five one ninety amounts to thirty eight a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That's too much. But if you're getting Jordan Poole for five and one ten, five and one twenty. <clears throat> That I'm, I, w- I would like to see what Jordan Poole looks like, and I would. That's worth the the risk to me, given how the leaps he's taken over the last couple of years. I know we don't have a full season sample size because he really got, you know, came on strong at the end of the year, had some ups and downs in the postseason. The way he figured it out in the finals, though, mm-hmm. and figured out how to be impactful in the finals, that was really impressive to me, and that was where I went, okay, he recognized that he couldn't do. His, he couldn't play his normal game and be effective. He figured out a new way to impact the game. I'm willing to take a gamble on Jordan Poole to see what he looks like in three, four years and you, to keep him in the building. You give Jordan Poole whatever he wants for this simple reason right here is that you're over the cap, and if you let him walk, you're replacing him with a vet men guy. Yeah. 
and that severely weakens your team. Right now, luxury tax aside, luxury well, tax be Well, he's just damned. a unique, like, he is a, you talked about shot creation. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They desperately need shot creation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And he does that. And he's a very good shot maker. You can play him next to Steph Curry and be effective. Like, I, I don't, I, you keep that guy around. Just not for the max. Five and one ninety is excessive. Well, but that's what I'm saying, though. If, if the, I don't know, if the Detroit Pistons said, oh, you know who looked great next to Cad Cunningham? <laughs> Jordan Poole, and they offer him the max. You, you match it. it, it and again, because. Well, and I, I think that's care. why they're trying to get an extension yeah. done now. Yeah. I don't care how good you think he is. You, you have to acknowledge that he's good. But if you think he's not an all-star, max-type player, guess what? You don't replace good with the two-way contract and still contend. And that's what you'd be looking at if he, lo- lose, if he leaves because of the salary cap. And, and that's, that, that's all there is to it. Jordan Poole has the Warriors by the short and curlies, as uh, somebody <laughs> in some movie once said. Yeah, I, 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 especially since that's really interesting. The Nets, this, this, the where, where we started with this was Zach Lowe saying that um, on his podcast that he has intel that the Nets aren't high on Wiggins or Poole as centerpiece players, and I just really think that if that's if that's how they're viewed around the league, like hey, they're nice role players. I don't know how many teams are going to go out there and like if you're OKC and you're building kind of from the ground up. You're probably not throwing the bag at Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins because they're not those they're not the star level player that is going to get a get a team over the top into a a championship tier. And I think the teams that are close enough where Wiggins or Poole would get them there don't have the money to give them massive contracts. <laughs> 415, man, the big 3 need to take a pay cut to keep Wiggs and Poole. Now, I know that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green would laugh hysterically at that. Yeah. Uh, would you also laugh hysterically at that? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. So the, the, the Draymond Green thing is an entirely different story. Because after next season, I've kept saying next season, but that was like during the season, so I have to go check. But his contract's coming up. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he has two more years. So we, next season, the season after that, and his after contract that. is up. Okay, okay, that's what. And, and, and I think he's going to, you know, Go to TNT, right? I, and I don't he, think he comes back. Yeah, yeah. So he's he has a he has a twenty seven and a half million dollar player option next year. He's an unrestricted. Wait, wait. By, by, the, by the way, speaking of twenty seven million, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you pay? Do you pay Andrew Wiggins more than you pay Draymond Green? Can can you can you? I mean, I know you're doing it right now. I know you're doing it right now, but you didn't negotiate that contract, right? Yeah, can, Draymond Draymond you, making twenty five <laughs> eight this year. Can, can, wait, can you sit there in negotiations uh, with Draymond Green sitting in there, and then Andrew Wiggins comes out like, "Woohoo, I'm getting thirty, and look Draymond Green in the face. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a strong point. Yeah, I I don't if if Draymond does come up for that, so he's gonna I. Almost guaranteeing he's going to opt into that player option. But when he's 34 years old in 2024, if you're re-signing him, which if he wants to continue playing, I think the Warriors would, that's the one that when people talk about the contracts in the future, it's like, I'm not sure what that Draymond contract's going to look like. Because I need to see how effective he can continue being over the next couple years. And whether he would be worth at 34 a massive dollar figure over the next four years. I'm going to go out on a very thick and sturdy limb and say no. He's I, not yet. I, I would think so too, but I'm done doubting Draymond Green. Like 
I, I thought Draymond, when he took the 2019-20 the season off, effectively took that season off, or 2018-2019. Mm-hmm. 2019-2020, yeah. 2019-2020, yeah. When he effectively took that season off, I thought he was just done. Like, he was just done being a, a really high-quality championship-caliber basketball player. And I was super wrong. So, I'm done doubting Draymond Green. We got to hit the break. Um, been talking a little bit of basketball. On the other side, John Heyman, our Odyssey MLB insider, wrote a funny thing about Juan Soto. And I want to talk about that, and I want to get to Barry Bonds as well. It's his birthday today. We'll also get back into the 49ers with, uh, with training camp opening on Tuesday. We're getting you geared up for that. We've been talking a lot of Trey Lance, but there's plenty of other storylines that we're going to hit on as well. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's Shamari Block. Two hours down, two hours ago on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.